I will tell you, if you're visiting with us today for the first time or the first time in a while, I want to encourage you to grab one of our connection cards right there in front of you. Fill that out and uh, drop it off at the information desk after service. We have a gift just to say thank you to you for being here. But I can tell you this, you have come on a great day. You have, if you're here tomorrow, it, you'll be kind of lonely, right? You have come on a great day because, listen, Arnold Belasco's in the house. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we had booked many, many moons ago for them to be with us today. And uh, I told him, I said, Arnold, I almost had you jump in the middle of the series and do the third statement. Uh, and I said, but I didn't want to put that pressure on you. And so uh, I know the Lord's laid something special on his heart for us this morning. Uh, but as he comes, I'd ask you to welcome him. And then he's going to introduce a video before he speaks to us. Arnold Belasco, missionary to Spain. Well, good morning, Battlefield. It's a joy to be with you. And uh, from our hearts, we thank you for 10 years of collaboration with us and reaching the gospel and there's fruit that is abounding to your account there are things that are happening in spain god wants to do something big and we're just trying to keep up with him amen and we're just praising the lord for him calling us to do uh ministry in spain thanking you for coming alongside of us and doing that there's fruit that is abounding to your account and i hope you, re you rejoice uh in that uh nehemiah chapter one while you're turning to nehemiah chapter one uh, let me share with you, uh, out at the, the display table that we have, uh, we invite you there uh, just to come by, and um, we don't have to shake hands, hug, or give dos besos like we do in Spain. Uh, we respect your, your, your bubble, but come by and get a recipe. This is uh, our gift of exp uh, expressing our thanks to you. It's a recipe for paella valenciana. Paella valenciana is the recipe, and on the back is the how-to. So you come by and you get one of those, you cook that, and take a look down the paella pan there. It's supposed to turn out like that, okay? And uh, don't forget line three, that's the rabbit. If you don't put the rabbit in it, it's not paella valenciana. It's paella, but not just paella uh, valenciana. So you enjoy uh, that paella. Nehemiah, por favor, chapter one in verse one. The word of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chishlu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, and Hanani and one of my brothers, he, one of my brethren came, and he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of captivity, uh, concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of captivity there in the providence are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass that when I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before God of heaven. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this day, and Lord, for the salvation that we can call ours through the blood of Jesus Christ, the privilege that we have now to take this message, Lord, and uh, spread it throughout the world. Lord, not only across the street, but yes, around the world. And God, for this character of Nehemiah, how that you showed yourself so mighty within him. I pray that the hearers this morning would be encouraged, 
through your power working through this servant of yours. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me say uh, this morning, if you're like me, and I think you are, and I'm like you, before we set out to do something that is of any significance for the Lord, such as missions, we would need uh, a certain why. We'd need to understand why we're going to do what we're going to do. If we don't have a solid why in what we're going to do, uh, we'll at best start uh, sloppy and maybe not even end. And so we need to understand not only what we're doing, but why it is that we're doing what we're doing. If we have a good why, what's going to take place is there's going to be a, a fire in your belly. There's going to be a, a motivation in your feet and your hands are going to be upon the plow and you're going to set forth to what God would have for you to do, understanding that it's his power working through you. Amen. You got to understand the why. You got to know why you're doing uh, what you're doing. Now, men, this is not in the same category of taking trash out and washing the car. When the wife says, hey, could you take the trash out? Or, honey, could you wash the car? You don't hover over the thing and say, Lord, give me a good why. <laughs> you, that, that just doesn't make any sense. A good why is that you want a happy home, amen? Take the trash out. <laughs> but when we have this solid why, we're going to understand and we're going to perform in a way that is pleasing to the, to the Lord. That's something this morning, of course, we would talk about the Great Commission. We could recite the Great Commission this morning and, and do that. Most of you could do that uh, just off the top of your head. But if you'd give me latitude maybe to use uh, other portions of Scripture to explain that Great Commission that we find uh, there in Matthew chapter 28 and verses uh, 18 through 20, in this way, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27, it says, Let your conversation be as it is becometh uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's just live worthy. And that we might stand fast in one spirit and one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I would be, believe that this would look like that power that Christ says, All power is given unto me both in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. That would be his power working through us. And I'll explain. This is an explanation of unity that God wants to see within his church in spirit and in mind striving for the gospel. But this is different because I look different than you do, smell different than you do, act different than you do. And, and, and this side over here uh, uh, behaves different than this side. And we're all just different. We're just made up different. So how is it that, that we can function in the unity that God would have us function in? Oh, but by the power of Christ, Amen. By the power of Christ upon the church, upon each individual, we can function uh, within unity. And the Bible has something to say about unity. And I like that, that verse of Scripture there in Psalm chapter 133. Psalm 133, it's uh, just enlightening to see how God explains unity. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment that runs down the head, even ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirt of his garments. And it's as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descendeth upon the mountain of Zion. And there the Lord com uh, commanded the blessing and even life forevermore. Look at the first part of this. It says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You understand that it's difficult to get the both at the same time, right? The good and the pleasant. Uh, I don't know what your best burger joint here is. I personally like In-N-Out Burger. And I, the, the, the sloppier, the better. 
And, we, and when you bite into a burger, a triple monster style burger, and juice runs down everywhere and you got to do laundry afterwards, I mean, that is pleasant. It's not real good for you, but it's pleasant. Okay, how about the other side? I mean, it's hard to get both at the same time. The other side is you cut up a, a, a bunch of carrots and a bunch of celery and a bunch of broccoli and all that, you know, and you put it in a bag and you have it there and you're, you're eating that and that's good for you. Not real pleasant, but it's good for you. Amen? But God says, look, at the same time, unity in the church, it's both good and pleasant. And then he goes on to talk about do. Let me tell you something that you've never done and you'll never, you'll never do. Fellas, you won't run to the window of your house and say, look, mom, look, honey, look, dad, it's doing outside. You'll never say that. You'll say it's raining outside, but you'll never say it's doing outside. Why? Because do forms. You say, why would I never say that it's doing outside? Well, you got to look at what, what does do do? Well, it forms. It forms. you got to have the right atmospheric pressure and the right humidity uh, to come in together in its unity to form dew. It's this water vapor that can no longer stay water vapor, and it turns into water droplets on surfaces, and we call that dew. And it happens when there are certain things that come together. I'm not a scientist, neither a meteorologist, but they say that things have to come together in unison in order for dew to form. It just doesn't happen. And the same thing with the church. If we're going to reach even further this year around the world, we have to come together in unity and do what God would have for us to do. It just makes sense. And so as we uh, live our life in a way that is worthy of the gospel and we strive together for one spirit and one mind for the faith of the gospel, uh, now we can be an influence. Now we can walk under the power of God and the authority of Christ as he claims to have it within our lives as we uh, uphold the Great Commission. And we can carry that message that we have in our hand, that glorious gospel, to those that are blind and give them sight, those that are sick and see them healed, uh, those that are under oppression and give them freedom, amen, through the power of the gospel. And when they receive Christ, and they say to you and I, you right here in your city and us in our city. And when they say, okay, what's next? I believe the Bible says that baptism is next. And they say, as the eunuch would say to Philip, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And we can say nothing. And you go to the water and you stir up the water and you continue fulfilling that great commission. Soul after soul after soul. For last week, amen. I think there was a whole gaggle two weeks ago in the upwards. Praise the Lord, and let's look forward to see if what he did two weeks ago and last week, he's going to do it in, 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 for your Easter service. Amen. And so let's get on board with that and move forward. We need to continue on. So when we understand what our, our objective is and what the commission is, we need that why. Let's look in to see what it was that Nehemiah had that we could glean from as far as the why. When the brother came to him and he said, look, our people are of great affliction and reproach. It's as though uh, someone came to you and would say this to you. Hey, somebody is attacking your family. Somebody's attacking your brother, your sister, your mother, your uncle, or your husband, whatever the case might be, and they cannot defend themselves. Their dignity is being uh, 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 stripped of them. They are under great approach and uh, reproach and affliction. They're being harassed and despised. What's going on in your heart when somebody attacks your family? You begin to put on the gloves. 
You begin to think about what you can do to get into the fight and rescue them. Folks, this is the, this is the mindset we need when we, when we go out to the lost and dying here in your city and even around the world. Amen. And this is what was going on in the heart and in the mind of Nehemiah. He was being changed. Let me just say that. And each one of you, we had that time if you're in Christ this morning where you were changed. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it talks about uh, being a new creature in Christ, amen? And then after that, we continue on reading. We don't have time to do it now, but we continue reading that we were given a title. We were given a position, and we were given a job description. Our title was an ambassador for Christ, and I'll gladly take that for what he did for my soul, amen? An ambassador for Christ, and then he says you have now the ministry. Did you know, saved person, you have a ministry of your own? Did you know that? It's just a matter of fact of whether or not you are willing to assume it. We've been given this title of an ambassador for Christ and a minister of reconciliation. Amen? A minister of reconciliation. What is that? Well, that's your job. Now your job description is turn the enemies of God into friends of God. That's what we're given to do. And so he's changed us as well. Has he changed Nehemiah's heart right there that caused him to want to leave that palace in Shushan? leave that friend he had of Artaxerxes and the protector that he was for him to go and rescue the people, to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, to rebuild the gates uh, there in Jerusalem. And so he went through this change, and we too have gone through the change, and he made his journey there. It's interesting how that God changed the heart of the king and that, and that how we see come to light that scripture in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 1 where the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water he turneth whithersoever he will. It's just an amazing uh, uh, testimony of the faithfulness of God to his people when they're faithful to what he has called them to do and what God's part will be as a result of our obedience. Amen. Amen. The, the, the king allowed his friend and protector to leave for 12 years. He changed his political policy to release a Jewish slave. He made known to other authorities in the region that he was on the side of the Jews. And he even supplied the resources uh, in the city of, uh, to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. In chapter 2, it goes on to say that he's granted this access. But after he's given his, his okay to leave, uh, Nehemiah then asks later on in chapter 2, he says, hey, would you give me a couple letters? Would you give me a letter to pass through the governors on the other side of the river? And then when I get to Asaph, the ruler over the forest, he has all the material I need to rebuild the gates. He has all the wood. Would you give me a letter such that he might supply that for me as well? And so as a missionary, I'm saying, man, that just makes total sense to me. He's asking for a passport, a visa, permission to work in another country, and, and support to be there and do the work. Amen? It just makes sense to me. And so it was granted unto him, and he went there. And then he did something we see that many uh, military personnel do. He got there and he observed. He observed what was going on. The Bible says that he went out at night and he observed the gates, gate after gate after gate. And he saw that the gates were burned and the city was uh, uh, destroyed and it was desolate. And then he began to orient himself as to what he was to do uh, after that. He made that journey and it was a long journey. Then he observed what it was that he was called to do. Uh, there as far as rebuilding uh, the city. He oriented himself as to what uh, needed to take place in, in fixing what he observed. It's an interesting thought. But he saw that there was brokenness. He saw that there was a city that was burned. He saw that it was uh, destroyed. That could be said of our climate today, could it not? 
that of our surroundings today, how many people do you know that are burnt out in life? How many people do you know that are just broken or that perhaps are on the road to destruction? And, and let me ask you this. What gates are you willing to open up to them? What, what gates are you willing to open up to those that are in your family, that are in your, uh, your workplace or your friends that are, that are being burned out and they're just tired and broken and weary? Those that are bruised and hurt, those that are trying to destroy themselves with sex, drugs, and, and, and alcohol. What gates are you opening up to them and say, come on in, come on in. I'm telling you, church, we have gates. And, and, and right here you have as an ambassador to Christ, as a, having the ministry of reconciliation, turning the enemy of God into the friend of God, you have gates to, to offer to individuals. Each one of us has a gate to open to individuals. You can open that gate of God's love to some. You can open the gate of God's judgment to others, right? Because we need to observe where they're at, orient ourselves with the gospel and what they need to hear, right? Because some need to hear the love of God while others need to hear the judgment of God. And we need to manage the scripture right as an ambassador, right as a minister of reconciliation. We need to approach those with one of the two and then continue to assess, orient ourselves, and open up the gates. Decide and then act. Decide to do our part and then act upon it. I think each year you make some decision to participate or not to participate. You've observed what needs to take place within the Great Commission. You understand what it is. And I'm challenging you to get your why you need to participate. And then you orient yourself around the intensity of the lostness of people that we might jump on board with this ambassadorship that we have and, and exercise our ministry and turning enemies into uh, friends of God here locally and around the world. So you have your gates you can open, but with your mission dollars, you know what you're doing? You're oiling our hinges so that our gates are freely opening and closing and opening and closing. So open here and oil abroad. Amen. Open here and oil abroad. And so what are you doing with your gate? You have a gate that you can open to those for God's love, for God's judgment, a gate of salvation. You have a gate of peace, a gate of hope, a gate of service, and a gate of joy. Understand who you're in the midst of. God puts people right in front of us every single day that have a need to walk in uh, uh, to the, into the presence of God. We understand first by salvation, sharing the gospel. And we need to understand how to do that for sure. Uh, we're trying to stay faithful in our neck of the woods. We, 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 can I say, expect that you would as well? Can we trust you to do the same? And understand how to lead people to the Lord through the scriptures. It's not your power, it's his power. Don't, don't depend upon your power because he said all power is given unto me both in heaven and earth. We're just supposed to go obediently under his power, amen? And the gospel has it. And then just begin to open gates to folks all around you that need peace in their life. That have no hope, but you can show them hope. But church, if we don't understand the why that we need to do that first, maybe let's look inward. If we know Christ is our Lord and Savior and we look at the joy of the Lord that we have in our life, that future home that we're going to have one day where he's going to wipe away all tear, that future home one day where he's going to take all pain away, that future home one day where he's going to give us no more worries and we're going to spend eternity with him. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. And then understand we've been given a responsibility 
to be good ambassadors for Christ. Amen. Would you commit to that? Let me end with a story of an ambassador. Let me end with this young man. There were, there were many, many notable names on the Titanic the night that it, that it sank. But this man, probably not known by the majority of people, his name was John Harper. He was a plain, ordinary pastor in Glasgow. Scotland. He had, he had faithfully shepherded his congregation over the years, and he had just accepted an invitation to pastor the Moody Church in Chicago. That's why he and his daughter were on the Titanic that night. And it's told the night that the Titanic sunk that John Harper put his daughter into one of the lifeboats and then started helping others to safety. He had given his life in helping people find salvation, and that night was no different. That night, 1,528 people went into the frigid waters and John Harper clung onto a piece of wreckage. And he was frantically calling out to people, leading them to Jesus before they got hypothermia and died. Mr. Harper floated near one young man who was clinged onto a piece of debris. And he said to the young man, he said, are you saved, young man? And the young man said, no, I'm not. And then Harper cried out and he said, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And a wave swept him away, and the young man was alone. And amazingly, a few moments later, here comes John Harper. And he asked the young boy, and he says, Are you saved yet? And he says, Truly, I can't say that I am. And he said, Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Just after that, a wave swept John Harper away, and he died that night. But out of the 1,528 people that went into the water that night, six were rescued by lifeboat number 14. And one of them was this young man that was clinging to this debris. And years later, he gave his testimony of that night. And he said with tears, I am John Harper's last convert. The servant of God did what he had to do while other people were trying uh, to save their own lives. They were trying to get into the lifeboat. And John Harper gave up his life so that others could save theirs. He did it because he understood that this life was not the end, but it was only the beginning. He knew what awaited him, church. If we understand what, what, what awaits us, it should motivate us to our why we need to do what God has called us to do and swing gates open right here in your area and oil our hinges that are willing to go around the world. Amen. Would you stand with me? And I want to challenge you this morning to make a decision with every head bowed and every eye closed before we get into our song of invitation, I want to challenge you to make a decision that if you have not began that journey, we saw Nehemiah make that journey. It took him months. We saw him uh, weep before the Lord, crying out to the Lord such that he might be able to do his part. I ask that if you have not made, begun your journey that you would decide to do that even today. Perhaps you're with us and you say, you know, I'm one of those that is in need of salvation. I'm, in one, I, I'm one of those that would have needed to have been rescued by the gospel that night of the sinking of the Titanic. I trust that you would put your faith in Christ this morning. With every head bowed and eye closed, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, it's because of your glorious gospel that we are saved and full of joy and at peace. And Lord, that we have this future that is uncomparable to anything else. Lord, thank you. 
Oh, God, thank you for saving my soul, loving us so much that you would send your son to Calvary. Oh, God, but now you've given us this work to do. And, Father, I pray for the people of Battlefield that they would they would not be their greatest obstacle, Lord. We don't face persecution in this country like they do in other parts of the world. And, oh, God, I pray that you would give them the freedom and the liberty just to be faithful with what you've given them to do. And, Lord, that they would depend upon your power. And, Lord, they would be obedient to what you'd have them to do. I pray for this upcoming uh, Easter, Lord, that there would be no place to sit within the auditorium for the faithfulness of the people. And, God, you would get victory after victory on that day. But today, Lord, I also pray that you would get victory in the hearts of your people. Oh, Lord, that you would, realize, you would help us to realize that we have been changed. And that is to change to do something. Father, changed. Thank you for changing us to be on mission with you, reaching into the depths of lostness, pleading with those to receive Christ as their Savior. Father, I pray if there's one with us today that knows not Christ, that today would be their day of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.